You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 92nd program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that's been dedicated to social change for over 23 years. I'm Jennifer Burrell and my usual co-host Jacques is in northern New South Wales at the moment, meeting and planning with the Social Developers Network. So I guess he'll tell us more about that when he gets back. But we're in good company today nevertheless. Today I'm joined by Cliff, who will share his experiences and insights about Job Seeker and recent developments around Job Seeker. So welcome to the program, Cliff. Thanks, Jennifer. It's good to be here. Mm-hmm. It's great to have you too. Actually, I'm starting with a tale of two payments, Job Keeper and Job Seeker. These are two types of payments by the federal government during covid uh, it's a story of handouts to the rich to make them richer via job keeper and a story of miserly unemployment payments named job seeker, which were temporarily boosted to a livable level during COVID. So job keeper, we have job keeper for quite a few companies at the top and job seeker for those at the bottom. Handouts for the wealthy via job keeper, ostensibly to keep on employees during COVID, but apparently swelling dividends for investors and enabling outrageous executive bonuses, all from the pockets of ordinary taxpayers. So talking about JobKeeper, so don't just take my word for this, talking about JobKeeper, this is from the New Daily, quote, the Morrison government paid more than $1 billion dollars to some of Australia's largest and most profitable companies last year. An an analysis of corporate reports has revealed more than 60 publicly listed businesses have disclosed receiving JobKeeper and other government handouts, recording combined profits with more than $8.6 billion over the past 18 months. So that was reported in the New Daily on the 3rd of March. Meanwhile, the Job Seeker COVID supplement for unemployed people has gradually been whittled back to $75 per week and it's set to finish at the end of March. Before COVID and the COVID supplements, Job Seeker, or New Start as it was named before COVID, uh, Job Seeker was roughly about $277 per week. It hadn't been raised in real terms since 1994 and was well below the poverty line, of course. Even the conservative accounting firm KPMG was calling for unemployment payments to be increased by 
$100 per week. And that was in October 2019. So with the COVID supplement to JobSeeker finishing at the end of March, the federal government is proposing to raise JobSeeker by a meagre $25 per week, which is nowhere near um, the recommended $100 by KPMG and similar by other economists and uh, um, economic economists and researchers. So this would take the whole allowance to roughly uh, $307 per week. So that's $307 per week to live on. Apparently, there will be more hoops to jump through to qualify for this payment, while the wealthy companies apparently have no mutual obligations at all in return for the gift, the gift from the taxpayers of JobKeeper. So all that uh, all that, keeping all of that in mind, we're really fortunate to have Cliff with us today to tell us a bit more about JobSeeker and what it all means for real people who receive these payments. So firstly, Cliff, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you came to be on unemployment benefits? Jennifer, as a young bloke, I was in the regular army and I did a few other jobs before I went truck driving. I drove mainly 25 years, covering something more than 10 million kilometres. Wow. Uh, in 2011, I had a heart attack bringing a B-double out of Sydney to Melbourne and literally mm. went overnight from earning about $120,000 a year to less than 10% of that on Newstart. Wow. This is something of a shock. Sorry, was something of a shock. Mm. There's no one plans for this sort of thing. Vic, Vic Roads immediately pulled my heavy vehicle licences so it's not something I can really go back to. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess that puts a bit of pay to all these ideas about people choosing to be unemployed. Um, yeah, so and it sounds like you, you were in full-time employment for quite a long time before uh, having your heart attack. Yes. Mm. So, um, so, Cliff, can you talk a bit about life on unemployment benefits before COVID. Yeah. So how was that? How did how did you manage living on unemployment benefits before the COVID supplements, I guess? Jennifer, we actually had a property with a relatively small mortgage compared to what most people have now. And mm. I have to say the bank actually helped us stay in the house for probably six years longer than we really could have reasonably expected. But mm. in the end we had to sell that property and move into a rental property. Uh, this is something that is very insecure. Um, our landlord mm-hmm. actually sent a real estate agent around only a few weeks ago to um, assess the house. So I'm assuming he's probably thinking about selling it, which means that we quite possibly will have to move. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we actually have a low rental a low rental, even compared mm. to the Ballarat prices. But there's still half of our income going into rental before we pay for anything else. Mm. Yeah. Uh, COVID made little difference to us as we were pretty much in isolation anyway. Most people seem to think we are living the high life, but that is far from the truth. Mm. Life on unemployment benefits means that you drive older cars and pay the rego quarterly as that is mm. all you can afford. Frequently, mm. the due date doesn't coincide with a payday and we would regularly have to wait sometimes for up to a couple of weeks until we're able to afford to pay the rego. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, so I usually do, do what my did you own. Do? Sorry, um, what did you do when you couldn't play, pay the rego? Did you have? Were you still driving, or did you have to just? Well, no, you can't car? drive the car. If you do that, they'll um, if a policeman catches you, they actually deregister the car, so it's even more yeah. expensive. Yeah. Okay. So I can see how you'd be isolated even with that alone. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, mobile mobile phone is on a prepaid um, account, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons for this is that if I can't afford to pay it on the due day, I still have incoming calls until I do get to pay it. Um, yeah, that's another also, thing that would be very isolating. Sorry, that's another thing that would obviously that would be very isolating too. So you're stranded if you can't use your car, and then you can't even make phone calls. And we don't have a house phone here. We only have the mobile phone. Mm, right. Regularly, we would contact utility companies, um, negotiate a payment scheme because we couldn't afford to pay the full bill in one go. Mm. Um, uh, a lot of people actually make allowance in their budget for entertainment, but for us, if it's not local and it's free, we're not going to it. We do not have a budget for entertainment. Yeah. So um, it sounds like um, you're you're doing a lot of work to balance your budget on the small income that you have and um, you're negotiating with a lot of parties, but um, um, it's obviously still, you know, really dramatically affects your life if you can't use your car you can't make phone calls you're not socializing etc and being careful of power bills i guess if you're not um being able to pay them as well yes Mm. so um i guess on that note uh we'll go to a music break dancing in color by galette oh so i hope i say his name the right way delare poor and mick trembath recorded live in ballarat
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today I'm talking with Cliff about Job Seeker, and Cliff is really highly qualified to talk on this topic, having been on these payments for some 10 years now, uh, since he had a heart attack and had to put his normal work aside. His normal work wasn't available to him anymore. So... Um, Cliff, early in the pandemic, job seeker payments were roughly doubled, uh, which I think most people are aware of. Uh, can you tell us a bit of, about how that affected your life or if that affected your life when they were temporarily doubled to about 1100 a fortnight, I guess? Yes, Jennifer, for me and I assume most other people, this was something of a windfall where we were able to catch up on our debts. I mm. even paid my rego for a whole 12 months. Wow. Which gives us until June, I think, this year, so I've got a bit of breathing space. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, also, I'd like to say that the um, job seeker stimulus was touted, sorry, JobKeeper was touted as a stimulus to the economy. Mm. I agree with this as I could afford to buy things from local small businesses. Small mm. business is acknowledged as the powerhouse of the Australian economy. Mm -hmm. um, small business relies on people as customers. We currently have mm -hmm. some 2 million Australians who are unemployed, underemployed or below the poverty line. Mm -hmm. And this is like 2 million people who are prospective customers that can't afford to buy products or services from these small businesses. Yeah, uh, This affects the economy from the ground up. I think the government just today or yesterday announced a $1.2 billion package to stimulate tourism. But again, we've got mm. 2 million prospective customers that can't afford to go anywhere. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's too true. So um, I get, it, it sounds like when the COVID supplement uh, enabled the job seeker payments to be doubled. It basically, uh, you weren't going out and partying or you, you were really catching up on debts that had accumulated from living on the low income previous to that. And um, like you great. said, paying, and paying afford your rego. Yeah, and, and I think you said um, to me previously, it gave you a bit of breathing room. So, which sort of implies, you know, a bit of breathing room where you can actually have a bit of control of your life and plan and relax a little bit, not be worrying all the time about your finances. Yes. Mm. So, um, so Cliff, the federal government, I guess federal government argues that the most important thing is to get a job when people talk about raising job seeker. And I guess implicitly um, not, to, uh, not to raise job seeker payments to a livable level, that's a justification. Well, the most important thing is they should all go out and get a job. <laughs> so what, what, what would you say to that? Um, Jennifer, I would love to go and get a job. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a huge number of uh, people out there compared to the numbers of jobs available. Mm -hmm. um, I'd also like to say that the federal government argue that the best form of welfare is, a, is to get a job. 
And I'd yeah, say I totally right. agree with that. This government is using that statement as propaganda. Uh, mm. They are the economic managers of this country and I think they are, they are responsible for jobs either directly or by stimulating places like small business. Somehow mm. or other, they have to increase the job. People cannot go and get a job that's not there. Yeah. Um, I had a well-paid job and I worked long hours, but that stopped when I had the heart attack. Mm. I uh, Trying to find a job is difficult and expensive. I live almost an hour west of Ballarat, mm-hmm. and Ballarat is realistically the only place I'm likely to get a job. Uh, if mm. I get an interview, if I get an interview, and that happens quite rarely, but if mm. I get an interview, I have to drive into Ballarat an hour there, an hour back, and cost of running the car. Mm. Uh, this probably is most of my weekly fuel budget on something that has no guarantee of any sort of a return. Just because mm. I get an interview doesn't give me a chance of actually getting the job. It doesn't guarantee me of giving them the job. Yeah. Um, and if I happen to have a second interview the same week, that's two trips I've got to use, which pretty much uses all of my fuel for that week. Wow. Uh, mm. I have tried working for myself as a road pilot escorting wide loads and found I was losing money due to the expenses and the lack of payment. Payment's very difficult to get and regularly waiting three or four months at a time. Wow. Uh, so you're really exploited in those positions. I think yeah, that's the um, when you're driving with flashing lights because there's some road work being done. Is that the sort of thing you're talking when about? When a wide load is being moved... Mm. There's usually a car out in front. If the load is over three and a half metres, there is mm. a car out in front with a sign and the flashing orange lights to tell you to get off the road, clear the road, oh. let it come through. Yep. I would be yep. that person out in front. Yeah, and you did that work but you weren't paid for it often. Some of always. it was paid, um, yep. but all of it was always waiting to get paid, it was difficult to get paid. Yeah, and meanwhile you're paying expense, your expenses for being employed and regularly do a 1,000 or more kilometres in a day, which mm. I have to pay for the expense of that, plus living on the road. And mm. you, know, you spent, at the end of the week, you spent maybe $6,000 and not were able mm. to recover that for sometimes three or four months. Wow. That's incredible. And I think um, you told me before, Cliff, that you were doing some part-time work at the moment. Yes. I, um, I work 12 hours a week cleaning at a primary school and mm-hmm. when I first took this job I actually thought I was above this I was better than this mm-hmm. but I'm surprised at how much self-satisfaction there is doing this job yeah but as I say 12 hours per week this actually improves my financial position mm-hmm. by only about 70 dollars a week and from the start of next month it'll be about half of that yeah so I I think all, all of what you've just said right now, Cliff, it really does demonstrate that a lot of people or probably most people who are unemployed, they actually want to work. So when these uh, sentences come out by government figures that, oh, if we pay them too much, they'll just want to lie on their couch and <laughs> watch Netflix or something like that, they're really pretty insulting really because you've obviously been, you know, working really hard to make your life work and to get employment. Yes, in the past as a truck driver, um, I have worked what I would call excessive hours, 100-hour mm. weeks by the time I put in 
you know, servicing, washing truck and everything. Mm. Um, sometimes even a little bit more than that, but I might not say too much about that because there's limits on how much work I was allowed to do. So on that note, we'll come back to this, but on that note, we'll go to a brief promo and we'll come back to our discussion after that. Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12pm on Saturdays here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial podcast streaming live on 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're again talking about the need to be a lot more decent and fair in setting the level of job seeker payments for unemployed people, especially as there is only one job for every nine people looking for one, according to research by ACOS. To help us understand the situation a bit more, we have Cliff as our guest. Cliff was a truck driver until having a heart attack about 10 years ago. So as you know, Cliff, the job seeker supplement of 150 per fortnight or 75 per week, which it is at this moment, is set to end at the end of March. Meanwhile, there's been a huge amount of lobbying to raise job seeker and similar Centrelink payments to a livable level on a permanent basis. And and this lobbying hasn't just been by activists and community groups and and a huge campaign coordinated by ACOS, but also this has been put forward, proposed by quite a few conservative economists, politicians on all sides of politics and business leaders. And they all say we need to raise JobSeeker to a livable level. And I've already mentioned that KPMG recommended it be raised by $100 per week. But the federal government is proposing to raise JobSeeker by a measly $25 per week, taking the allowance to about $307 per week. So what do you think? What's your response to that, Cliff? Jennifer, I would say that this is an insult. Mm. Our Prime Minister says that he is raising JobKeeper by $50 per fortnight. In fact, he's actually dropping it by $100 a fortnight. Yeah. And yeah. pretty much makes it out to sound as though we should thank him for it. Yeah. Um, so the, beside that, there is also a, an amount that can be earned each week, each fortnight before it affects your JobKeeper. Mm-hmm. Currently, I can earn $300 a fortnight before mm-hmm. it affects my JobKeeper amount. But from the end of this month, that will be halved to $150 per oh. fortnight. Really? I didn't realise that. Mm. Well, that'll make a big difference. Mm. Yes. Um, I was talking to my daughter this morning and she met her friend last week and took their children to a play centre where they both had coffee and a donut while the kids Mm -hmm. played. Yeah. After the end of the month, this will be an unaffordable extravagance for both of them. And it's also a loss of potential income for that small business. Mm. Yeah. I read recently, Jennifer, that a single person on JobSeeker would be would need more than JobSeeker just to pay rent in any capital city and most rural cities. Mm. Uh, I worry that this would push people into a living arrangement with a possible predator or unsavoury or other unhealthy results. Yeah, uh, perhaps I, yeah. Also forgetting, 
people from leaving a domestic violence situation. Yeah, I have heard of that happening actually, yeah. Mm, I think, yeah, you're right. I've de- certainly heard of inc- instances of that happening where, uh, say, single um, women with children can't afford the rent by themselves, so they enter into these share arrangements in, uh, that are pretty unsafe, but they have to just get a roof over their head, which is pretty damning, really. Um, yes. I th- was there anything else you wanted to add before we probably have to come to a bit of a close now if I'd love the time's gone so quickly and I'd love to keep chatting but um was there anything else you wanted to add um no I think I've covered most of it I could go into a lot more depth on a lot of topics but I think I've covered most of it yeah I'm sure you could so thanks so much for taking the time and effort to share your views and experiences Cliff and it's a really important topic. Makes me feel quite angry, the inequity of it, that we're giving handouts to wealthy people and squeezing people like you, honest people who have paid taxes all their life after all, and that's what our taxes are for, and acting as if they're pulling it out of their, their own pockets. So I am really appreciate you coming on the program today, and I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate it too, and you've really helped us understand the situation much better than we did before, I'm sure. All right. Thank you very much for having me, Jennifer. Mm, Pleasure. I'd like to also thank the Australian Council of Social Services, or ACOS, for putting us in touch with Cliff. ACOS has been coordinating a great campaign to raise Centrelink payments for some time now, including JobSeeker, along with thousands of organisations, community groups and community members. Some things do take time and we certainly need to keep up this fight. So you can join ACOS's campaign online. It's called Raise the Rate. If you're not online, just ring your federal MP and tell them why JobSeeker must, it must be raised to a livable level. And that's all for our program today. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. And to our listeners, remember, if you want to send us a message or ask anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands. The email address is borders at borderlands.org.au. Remember to put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Also, Thanks to Clive Bourne for technical production and for choosing the music once again for us. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives a voice to our brothers and sisters in prison. To bring us into this program, we have World Turning by Yothu Yindi. I've been-